Welcome to day 354 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul. You're with Cindy, David, and Matt. Uh, we continue in our third season together and are very close uh, you know, to uh, the conclusion of our third season together, the story of the prophets. We follow the story of the prophets as they've warned Israel of uh, coming judgment, that they have encouraged Israel to seek the Lord through the judgment. And after they've gone through the judgment and returned to the city, they encourage them to turn back to the Lord so that they can be fully restored in Him. Come to the end of Zechariah. Uh, today we read, you know, chapter 14, and it does, you know, picture, you know, the return of God to reign over uh, Jerusalem and over His over His people. Uh, before we read, as we always do, we we realize we have a wonderful gift in God's Word, uh, not only a mirror through which we see ourselves, but also a lens through which we see His grace and know His heart and know His character and know His deep love for us in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So there's always so much potential when God's people gather around to hear His Word with the help of God's Spirit and God's desire you know, to continue His work in them. So before we read, Matt, you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we um, are grateful to, to hear your voice, um, to, to read your word together. And Father, we've been reminded as we've read the prophets that um, so many uh, before us have refused to listen, um, had ears to hear, but did not hear, and eyes to see, but did not see. And, and so, Father, would you, um, would that not be true of us? Uh, would you help us to behold wonderful things in your word, to hear your voice and uh, be transformed by um, your words, um, by your spirit at work in us. So, Father, give us um, give us a, a time uh, together that that is um, glorifying to you, that builds us up. And, uh, Father, would you continue to accomplish all that you desire in us through your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Zechariah 14. A day of the Lord is coming, Jerusalem, when your possessions will be plundered and divided up within your very walls. I'll gather all the nations to Jerusalem to fight against it. The city will be captured, the houses ransacked, and the women raped. Half of the city will go into exile, but the rest of the people will not be taken from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fights on the day of battle. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. You will flee by my mountain valley, for it will extend to Azel. You will flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all his holy ones with him. On that day, there will be neither sunlight nor cold, frosty darkness, It'll be a unique day, a day known only to the Lord, with no distinction between day and night. When evening comes, there will be light. On that day, living water will flow out of Jerusalem, half of it to the east to the Dead Sea, and half of it to the west to the Mediterranean Sea, in summer and in winter. The Lord will be king over the whole earth on that day. There will be one Lord, and His name the only name. The whole land from Geba to Rimmon, south of Jerusalem, will become like the Arabah, but Jerusalem will be raised up high from the Benjamin Gate to the site of the first gate to the corner gate, and from the Tower of Haniel to the royal wine press, and I'll remain in its place. It will be inhabited. Never again will it be destroyed. Jerusalem will be secure. This is a plague with which the Lord will strike all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they're still standing on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. 
On that day, people will be stricken by the Lord with great panic. They will seize each other by the attack, <coughs> excuse me, and attack one another. Judah, too, will fight at Jerusalem. The wealth of all the surrounding nations will be collected, great quantities of gold and silver and clothing. A similar plague will strike the horses and the mules, the camels and the donkeys, and all the animals in those camps. Then the survivors from all the nations have attacked Jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, and to celebrate the Festival of Tabernacles. If any of the peoples of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, they will have no rain. If the Egyptian people do not go up and take part, they will have no rain. The Lord will bring on them the plague He inflicts on the nations that do not go up to celebrate the Festival of Tabernacles. This will be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not go up to celebrate the Festival of Tabernacles. On that day, holy to the Lord will be inscribed on the bells of the horses and on the cooking pots in the Lord's house will be like sacred bowls in front of the altar. Every pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be holy to the Lord, and all who come to sacrifice will take some of the pots and cook in them. And on that day, there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord Almighty. So there's an incredible, you know, mixed picture, you know, both of judgment and both of restoration, mm. kind of like a scene out of Indiana Jones <laughs> when people's faces melt, yeah. you know, as they open the the, the holy of holies and, exactly. and, and God's wrath is is poured out. And again, you have, you know, the the theme uh, that you have, you know, throughout the prophets that the day of the Lord will be both a day of judgment and a day, you know, of restoration. And you see the two side by side. When God finally conquers his enemies and finally restores, you know, the fortunes of his people. And, of course, the images are incredible. Mm -hmm. First from the siege on Jerusalem, you know, as uh, Jerusalem is plundered. Then as God, you know, stands up to fight the battles for Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. An incredible scene where, you know, the Mount of Olives is split in two mm -hmm. and gives, you know, God's people a way of exodus. In the same way, you know, not the sea was split into, but now the Mount of Olives is split into. Yeah. And then you see, you know, the fountain flowing, you know, from Jerusalem. Part of it goes to the Dead Sea to renew it. Part of it goes to the Mediterranean mm -hmm. Sea. So all kinds of images here, you know, that we pick up in the New Testament, pick up in the book of Revelation. And, mm -hmm. of course, we borrow earlier, you know, from creation as well. So a lot of images coming together. No, and just how hopeless we would be as yeah. a people all throughout the biblical story if the Lord hadn't gone out and in a sense, you know, fought for us or done something on our behalf, just time and time again, you know, you see it happening. And so to see that reminder here in verse three, the Lord will go out and fight. Um, when all seems lost, there is that underlying hope that we can always have mm -hmm. in the Lord. Yeah. Now too, I mean, well, so much of this is just lost on me. <laughs> It's clear that there is terror, you know, in that day of judgment when that day does come. And so I can't help but think and be overwhelmed by the thought and very humbled by the thought um, for the delivery of God's people, you know, all that he has done on our behalf. I, I do not want to stand in that day of terror. So, no, there, you know, there is a lot, you know, obviously, you know, Paul. You know, tells us that uh, we we see now through a glass dimly, and of course that's always been, uh, you know, that that's always been very clear as we read prophecy. Mm -hmm. We we see the images, but we're seeing them from distance, and of course a lot of the images run together. Mm -hmm. And the closer we get, the more we see separation between these images. 
And, and so you see the twin images of restoration of God's people and judgment. And, and these are awful images. Uh, you can speak, you know, and, you know, faces melting and eye sockets you know, being poured out and things like that. And, mm-hmm. of course, horrendous, you know, challenge of women being exploited, the city being plundered and divided, you know, by, you know, the, you know by the enemies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pictures of spiritual conflict, you know, we'll have in this world. And the prospects we'll have in this world, and of course, it pictures the the coming king, but it pictures also coming, you know, coming judgment. And as mm-hmm. awful as these images are, there are not human images that can even begin to describe yeah. what it would be like to be found for all of eternity outside of God's God's grace. Yeah. And, and so, as horrific as these images are, they ought to be do two things to us. One. They ought to cause us to rejoice in the salvation we have in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But they also ought to cause us to mourn for the nations and be instruments of God's gospel and God's Absolutely. peace yeah. Yeah. to the for nation sure. because there is so much at stake. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. It's fascinating, too, to watch how the prophets can take these Im- images of judgment. Like here in uh, verse 1 of 14, a day is coming, Jerusalem, your possessions will be plundered, divided up within your very walls. You know, Isaiah talks about the suffering servant who his, you know, will be plundered, stuff divided, and mm-hmm. and and then to see, oh, that's exactly what happened to mm-hmm. Jesus. Jesus takes the punishment of Jerusalem upon himself as true Israel, you know, and his stuff is plundered and divided up, and you know, spoils mm-hmm. divided, and, and those sort of things. And so to watch the prophets be able to speak about a day, you know, we talked about the the day yeah. that is coming where judgment is coming. You know, but it will be a great day as well, a day of rejoicing. And then to watch how that gets fulfilled in Jesus um, and, and told. Those, so there's just those images. I mean, again, even verse 8, you know, on that day, living water will flow from Jerusalem. You know, Jesus standing there declaring he is the living water, then the living water flowing from the throne in Revelation. You know, just to, to see those images being picked up time and time again in Scripture. So powerful. And, of course, that's the beauty of Eden as well, that it's well-watered, you know, garden of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, with the rivers, you know, flowing through it. And, of course, you know, the very pinnacle of this is at the well outside of Sychar, you know, where Jesus says, you know, whoever, you know, I, uh, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask him to give you living water, and whoever drinks this water will never be thirsty again. And then, of course, again, in, in Revelation, you see the rivers flowing out from the throne of God, picking up on, you know, the image in Zechariah to nur- nourish, you know, the city, to restore the deadness of the sea. And, the, uh, you know, on one hand, the deadness of the Dead Sea, and uh, on the other hand, to restore or bring to peace the calm of the Mediterranean. Uh, on the other hand, you see a lot of images that are brought together. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about the images of Christ we've seen. We, we, we forgot yesterday to really mention, you know, the cup that will make people real, <laughs> which is the cup of judgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, again, as Matt is pointing out, that was the cup that was ultimately uh, mm-hmm. on our behalf. Uh, drinking, drinking, that's not even a word, that was uh, that the Lord himself drank on our behalf mm-hmm. yeah. so that we might have the cup of joy extended to us mm-hmm. you know, at his table. It's rich. It is. Yep. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we are horrified uh, by the prospect of being separated from your grace and overjoyed that in your grace, you, uh, while we were still your enemies, you sent your Son to die for us and restore us, and we have been justified by your grace and have peace with you through the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Father, we pray for a sense of urgency and 
uh, the way that we deal with the nations around us, that we are a faithful witness of your goodness and your grace and a faithful herald uh, of both the coming judgment and the coming salvation that we found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm.